0: If you feel stuck or frustrated or feel like the summer is, while it's beautiful out, it's very sunny and it's fantastic to be out in this nice weather, but as an entrepreneur it's kind of slowing down the growth of your business, then this episode is for you. We've got tons and tons of inspirational anecdotes and really, really actionable takeaways from our past YFE chat guests. So make sure you stay through, tuned through the entire 30 minutes and use the hashtag YFE chat because we're tweeting about our drinks, about um, inspirational quotes, et cetera. This is Jennifer Dono, I'm your host for tonight's YFE Chat, episode 72, and tonight's chat is all about uh, finding inspiration and in even the hottest summer days of the year. And so, as entrepreneurs, your business might be in a slowdown, you might feel stuck, you might feel frustrated. After going through these clips, I spent, the reason why people don't do this very often is because it takes a lot of time. Um, I went through all of our past episodes and pulled out my favorite pieces from it, um, Are the actionable takeaways, like how to find clients, um, how to make sure you're getting the right work, um, what to do when you're first getting started, those type of things, and also some really inspirational pieces that are just like, oh gosh, it really like fires you up. And so if you're watching on YouTube, Hopefully you guys have subscribed to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash YF Entrepreneur. Make sure that you comment with which ones were your favorite if you're listening or watching on iTunes. Um, Hopefully you guys have subscribed there too. One of my favorite things to do when I'm at the gym uh, when I go running on the treadmill is to listen to a podcast in my ear. And hopefully you guys um, have found YFE here or there when you're on the treadmill. So um, hopefully this is one of those episodes where you could listen to on the treadmill or watch while you're getting work done to try and just give you a nice little reboot for the week. So anyway, this this episode episode 72 of YFE Chat Live is brought to you by a couple of sponsors. First one is Ovali.tv. Ovali hosts and produces live video events like this one. Built to meet your objective, visit Ovali.tv to request a free 30-minute consultation today to find out more about going live with your brand. And by MailChimp. MailChimp is the best way to design, send, and share email newsletters. You can get started today at MailChimp.com for free. And if you guys are having issues with that Gmail debacle, everyone's like moving stuff from priority or um, to social to to say I don't know what the tabs are I've looked at them in a few times and I've gone I think that's still kind of like a new frenzy kind of thing where we don't really see the real data yet um, but Mailchimp just wrote a great blog post on it, and hopefully you guys will keep tabs with what's going on with that. Because it is, it's kind of interesting. It's a weird like space that we're in because so many people use Gmail. But anyway, so Mailchimp's bringing us the latest from YFE. There's a few things that I want to mention quickly before we get into it because a, a lot of quotes and takeaways from past shows. If you're just watching live, that's what this episode is about inspirational things that make you really want to work hard over the summer so um the first thing is that bootstrap book club is happening right now we're reading the personal mba it's not on our bookshelves right now because it's in my backpack um I'm listening to it on Audible, and also I have the hardcover co- copy, which I I I totally recommend that everyone has this hardcover copy. Whether you read it from front to back, or if it's literally a resource thing that sits on your desk, is something you need because it talks about terms for business. If you're if you're trying to be like an entrepreneur that's trying to grow her business, definitely check that out. Um, uh, the Audible version is just as great. You're in the gym and you can kind of, because it's a, it's a thick book. It's, you know, it's there's a lot to read with it. But one thing that I'm really thankful for in Bootstrap Book Club is our two hosts. So Rachel and Stacia, huge shout out to you guys because you're making something that is full and complicated and a little bit like intimidating feel really, really just like I get it, and I have a couple screenshots of their of their questions. So if you guys haven't signed up for Bootstrap Book Club, I'll put the link below here. Right, producer? Ready? Let's see if I can make it appear. Yes. No, that's good. I like it. So this is Rachel's um, last question which is about the environment that you're in and whether or not it's it's good or, or it's um, it's good for building your business. I thought it was a fantastic question. So like really nice easy questions throughout the book because like I said it's a pretty complicated book. The other question that you need to make sure that you check out is from Stacia. And again really simple questions. I really like it. So it starts conversation. So if you haven't joined yet make sure that you do that and um, thank your hosts. Thank them for contributing great questions um, so really fast before we get into the awesome stuff YFE Vegas tech has PR Sarah Evans on so she's awesome and Jacqueline Jensen who's huge in YFE Vegas um, I shouldn't say YFE Vegas in the Vegas tech scene which is by Tony Shea, that guy he started this whole downtown Vegas project, and uh, Tony Shea essentially invested in TicketCake.com, Jacqueline Jensen, and um, she's very big within that. They have the Downtown podcast, and she's going to be welcoming in um, Sarah on next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern. So make sure you guys check that out. And then Yifee, NYC, Marissa Vicario, she's, oh gosh, I love her. If you haven't subscribed to her, moionline.com, M W A H online.com, make sure that you do. She's a, a lot of great information as far as health goes, and she's such a connector. She's an uber connector in the New York City area. Um, she's got something going on on August twenty eighth, and we'll let you know more about that online uh, very soon. So let's go ahead and get into our top. Gosh, how many clips do I have? This might be this might be a little over thirty minutes, just as a warning. Um, top fourteen clips. I was gonna do uh, twelve because I thought that sounded like a good number, but I couldn't. I couldn't cut down few so anyway the first one that we're going to talk about is uh from lisa nicole bell which oh you could not do something like this without mentioning lisa nicole bell at least once make sure if you know her that you tweet out say thank you so much for all of your entrepreneurial wisdom we asked her what are the questions she gets the most when it comes to entrepreneurship she just got done doing an extreme entrepreneurship tour it's on level one the first question the first one yeah um, so uh, she we asked her what was the, her biggest questions on this extreme entrepreneurship tour from aspiring entrepreneurs that were young and she came back with a few points so let's go ahead and hear what young entrepreneurs really want to know and what her best advice for them were was.
1: a lot of it dealt with um, getting started uh, time management and also the social implications of starting a business, being ostracized by friends, having parents tell you you can't do it, feeling like you're not good enough. The success of entrepreneurship and really any endeavor in life starts with your thinking because the progression is thoughts, to and the results. And so a lot of time it's dealing with mindset stuff with them and, and helping them to see themselves as an entrepreneur first because then they can more easily take the action.
0: Now, what t- what type of tips did you give to uh, these young people as far as the mindset goes to get into that piece where they're more confident and they feel like they can achieve it even when their parents and their friends are saying, hey, go get a job? <laughs>
1: Well, a lot of it, like your body, depends on what you feed your mind. So I encourage them to read, to make reading a habit, to read a minimum of 10 pages every day so they can finish a book a month. I encourage them to change the people that they're around, to make different decisions about who they invest their time with, to seek out mentors, and to also really understand that the business that you start will only be as great as you are. So as an entrepreneur, you have to invest in yourself. You have to spend time improving as a person, whether that be improving your communication skills, improving your knowledge set, whatever it may be, you have to get better if you want your business to get better. So those are some of the things that that I always share with them.
0: So, that was Lisa Nicole Bell. She's one of my favorite young entrepreneurs. She's done in the Los Angeles area, and actually, about a year ago is when we talked to her, and she was doing uh, the Legacy Letters, and since then, she's gone on to do some really incredible things, Gen Y documentaries, all sorts of cool things. She's now, I think it's P&G, um, any of you that are watching, if you're a fan of Lisa Nicole Bell, you'll have to correct me if I got that wrong, um, but she's their spokesperson, so she's done a lot of really cool things since then. So, the next one that we're going to do is actually a more recent episode, and it's funny looking back, on you can see how much we've learned as a studio and how to do live streaming events, live webcasting. Um, and so that one was one of our, our better ones. Uh, but wifey episode 61, uh, we had Vasavi Kumar on. And um, Vasavi is awesome. If any of you have been to one of her events or if you've seen her on, um, I think she's been doing some, some live calls recently. Uh, she's very inspirational. The girl like you listen to her and you're like yes I want to be that so she talked about self confidence and the difference between being self-confident and being scared so let's hear what she has to say
2: so when we really define what self-confidence is okay I think of it as it's the it's what's in between being unstoppable and being scared I don't know if you guys curse on here you You don't curse on you may no oh yes yeah sure why not no, I won't. Okay. So, okay. So, what, self-confidence is the difference between being unstoppable and being scared out of your wits. That's all it is. And that, I mean, you've got to believe in yourself and you have to know that, you know, you have what it takes. And even if it just kind of feels like it's just a little whisper at that point, like, I know I got what it takes. You got to go running with that. And whatever it is you want to do, like you just have to you just be it to believe it. Envision yourself. Envision the 2020 version of yourself like, you know, fabulous and talking and, and connecting with great people and bring that into your right now. Don't wait till you get there. Bring that vision. Hold that vision for you, but bring it into your right here right now. I promise you, you, you really can. And I'm, I'm not trying to sound like some woo-woo junkie, but it really is. You really can have anything that you want.
0: I really liked that talk in particular because she did, we talked about um, the idea of being obsessive versus being um, passionate about something. And that's been, I know, you guys always get really fired up when I talk about it because I feel like successful people, people that you gravitate towards are more on the obsessive stage, right? whatever their hobby is that's all they do if they're a surfer they only surf all day all along all day long all the time um, if you are an entrepreneur that's building a certain gadget you're all about that gadget every day all the time and she is someone that I feel like is all about helping people empowering people all day all the time I'm, I'm friends with her on Facebook and she's one of my favorite people that comes up in my feed because she's always just like you can do this go for it girl and I think she's a lot of fun. So anyway, that was a really good discussion. If you guys can listen to it, it's episode 61. Um, if you go onto YouTube.com forward slash YF Entrepreneur, find that. Because um, she gave a lot of really great pieces of wisdom. If you're ever having a down day, definitely listen to her her show. So the next one is YFE 55. So again, kind of a newer one. And actually, this one's really cool because it has it features one of my favorite YFEs. So you're all my favorites. Um, but Erin uh, of Well in LA was one of the first ones that came to me and said, hey, I want to meet other wifies in LA. Um, and so we had her on because she's a very successful blogger. If you guys have been following wellinla.com, she's made a couple really big announcements, so make sure that you check that out again. Again, wellinla.com. She brought her friend Charzad uh, of Lux Life on there if you go to luxlife.com with a Y instead of an I. You can find out more about her. But since we talked to her in like a matter of a couple months, she's now the host of a Makers uh, Studio show, live YouTube show with um, Makers Moms. It's the the Moms View. So cool. And a lot of it, that's my iPad. Uh, and it's crazy because you hear her. She's again, someone that's obsessive. She does. She's all about the hustle. So um, let's hear what Sharzad's biggest tips are as far as, Um, being a blogger, what it looks like every day and how you get those really good opportunities.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I remember the very first brand that was like, we'll pay you, you know, to do this video. And I was like, oh, dust, my ears deceive me. You're going to do a video. Okay. And that's when my eyes were opened and I was like, okay, well, if one brand is going to pay me, obviously, other ones are going to pay me too. And I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. It's not like people are knocking on my door offering to give me money to make videos that happened like almost as a fluke, but then it opened my eyes. And then I realized, okay, this is so cool. This is a space that's sort of untapped in a way. And I want to go after it and create fun video content. So I started pitching to brands that I liked that I thought could boost their presence online, specifically with YouTube videos. You know, I, I'm a big believer in the importance of having cool content on YouTube. And, um, and I think there's so many cool brands out there and I love to partner with them. So I started making lists and, and also, nobody taught me how to do this. This isn't something yeah. that you go to school for. This is all about your instincts and your hustle, and like you said, Aaron, not having any fear of rejection or anything like that. You develop a thick skin real quick. But I made a list of companies I wanted to work with, and I still have ongoing lists of people that I wanna work with in this year, next year, in five years, in 10 years, um, and just partner up with to do really cool, fun things. So um, so, yeah, for me, it's a lot of emailing. It's a lot of sitting at my desk, sending email after email and pitching myself constantly about working with a brand, collaborating and making some kind of video content with them. So it's just a constant hustle.
0: So, OK, here's one of the things that I thought that particular um commentary brought to life was the fact that. It looks really glamorous, especially Lux Life, right? Sounds very luxurious on the outside, but in in reality, it's a lot of hard work. So, being a young entrepreneur sounds like the alternative to having a job, but w- when in reality, it's actually. People choose it and they, I mean, it's a lot of hard work behind it. And um, I think you can also parallel that into people that have very large companies and you think, you're, you know, large figuratively, right? So people that are like Inc., 30, under 30, you think that they have PR companies getting them pressed, that they have people pitching for them. But when you actually speak to them, a lot of them say, in the first couple of years, it was all me. It was me going after people. It was me building relationships. It was me doing all this stuff. And so it just reminds you that you know we're the glamorous and the more like um, oh I think this if I if only this like if I got a VA if I did this or whatever then I would get this. It just reminds you that no, there's no real easy way. It's about believing in yourself and working really really hard and being strategic to get it. So um, I thought that was a fantastic reminder, especially for. Uh, myself (laughs) this week and hopefully it was for you guys too. So the next one we're getting into more of um, some really practical takeaway advice and one of them is from Scott Epstein who is the CMO of tout.com. Tout is t-o-u-t.com. YFE is big fans of it. It was the 15 second video application long before Instagram included 15-second videos, but um, they're doing some really interesting things as far as editorial and video goes. They're, Wall Street Journal is using them in a few other places. And Scott, um, he talked about pitching tips because he's also a venture capitalist along with being the CMO of Tout. And he's had a lot of experience as far as video goes, as far as just like really innovative industries go in his, in his lifetime. So he gave us three tips for pitching. Now we're talking about pitching venture capitalists here, but really it could be pitching anyone. So here's the tips.
4: They're really, I've been in this business for so long as I said, um, and I'm sure my gray hair can attest to that. Um, but the, the um, I think there are three things really. Uh, I would say that um, having a really great product, um, having that product market fit you know you're really you know there's a pain point in some aspect of of the world that they're solving with this product so you know to have a really good product built really well there's no substitute for that there's no amount of gloss or marketing that you can put on anything if it's if it's not a great product or even you know a, a super compelling look There, there, there is so much stuff competing for people's brains that I would say that you have to have a really great product first and foremost, and then I would say, if you have that, if you have that great product, then you need to demonstrate really quickly how that product's going to make money, because venture capitalists, investors are bombarded with really cool, nifty ideas about new social media startups or uh, you know, it, you, you name it. I mean, there's so many people trying to compete for so, such a limited amount of time or, or, or money. And I really think you need to make sure that you have your product market fit down, and you need to make sure how you're going to make money, and you need to show how you're going to make it pretty quickly. Um, and then once it, and and then I think once you're sort of up and running, um, I don't think really things have changed very much in the internet. It really is a question. Uh, as, I, as I said, there are three things: There's a great product, um, PR is absolutely, um, you know, uh, getting buzz about your word of mouth discussion about your product and what you've done, um, really nothing has changed in the internet since I've been in it.
0: So again, another great example of just working hard, making sure that you know who your audience is and, and going for it. So on that note, since we just talked a little bit about pitching and um, demonstrating quickly how to how you're making money, that type of a thing, we're going to get straight into Nick of Like Bright. He was one of our, um, we did a guy, actually, a year ago today, I'm pretty sure it was in August um, last year, we did Guy Month. So we featured a lot of young entrepreneurs that were dudes. And one of them was Nick. Um, we also did Arell Moody, who's coming up shortly. Oh gosh, that guy's like full of brimming with inspiration. Um, and another one was, um, gosh, what's his name? Um, I'm just blinking on it. Skateboard guy. He's awesome, though. So if you go to YouTube.com forward slash YF Entrepreneur, you can just look for the dudes and click on him. He, yeah, he was very cool. So one of them was Nick of Like Bright, and he talked about how you get feedback. And at the very end, listen really closely, because this is where I thought that was my biggest takeaway about, no, I don't want to tell you more. Just listen to what Nick has to say about getting
5: feedback. So we bring in a group of women that we don't know, and I usually find them via Craigslist, list and we do this about once every two weeks and we sit them down cold in front of the product and we ask them to take a look at it and play with it and just narrate their experience. And I have found that there's no substitute for looking over the shoulder of somebody who has no affinity for you in particular and, you know, is just gonna test your product and tell you whether it's working or whether it's not. We learn a ton from that. And then I'm just a glutton for feedback and, and in some ways critical feedback. I've got a lot of friends, both male and female who um, are wonderful to me in that they'll offer detailed feedback in terms of what they like and what they don't. Um, the biggest mistake that I've made before is trying to build something that nobody wanted. And, you know, right now where we are with like Bright, you know, we I, ha- I was on NPR a few weeks ago and uh, mostly was talking about the vision. And, and we crashed the site on the basis of the idea that people got that there's something interesting about this meeting friends of friends thing. You know, I was as frustrated as I was that the site went down.
6: <laughs> it's pretty awesome.
5: It is, but as frustrated as I still am, that you know, the 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 product isn't yet where it should be in in my head, and we're all working really hard to get us there, and I have a great team that's doing that. You know, it's there's a demand for something there, and um, I got to figure that out in the process of of building, and you know, I, I guess just the, the message here is do not be afraid to get people to tell you what they like or what they don't, because you don't want to waste a lot of people's time, especially really smart developers who are such a tremendous you know, boon to any company and designers and and the folks that you get to work with, You do them a favor and make sure people want what you're trying to build.
0: So, all right, if you guys didn't catch that last piece, that was really my biggest takeaway from him. And actually, there was two things. One was behind the scenes, kind of sneaky sneak stuff that I'm going to share with you in a second. But the thing that he said was, make sure someone wants to buy what you're going to sell. Otherwise, you're wasting everyone's time. I love that because, you know, we're seeking out website designers, developers, and they want to see us be successful just as much as we want to be seen uh, seen as ourselves, you know, being successful. And so um, I think it's great, you know, get feedback from people. And I think a lot of us don't do that because it's scary. We think the ideas in our heads are just so exciting and awesome. And why wouldn't someone spend thousands of dollars with us? But getting just talking to people on the phone, being real about it and kind of separating ourselves from our obsession is sometimes the most healthiest that we can do for ourselves. So I really appreciated that from Nick. And um, the sneaky sneak behind the scenes stuff with him was that before we went on, He's the nicest guy too. He was like on his way to the airport and did this with us. Um, and the service is really cool too. If you have guy friends, um it's all about uh actually I don't know if it's made for guys or girls. So, um it might be for both. But it's, the idea is that it's you're being the matchmaker and connecting people socially that you know with other people you know via Facebook. It's very cool. So, um uh, he said before we get on we went on live. He said um can we talk about my vision more so than what I'm currently doing? And he talked just for a second during the live show about that um, and that his his current product, like you guys heard, was not exactly where he wanted it to be, but his vision was bigger than that. And you guys know that's a, it's definitely deep-rooted within lean startups. So if you guys haven't read... That book yet? Make sure that you do. And it's another one that's on Audible. It's really fantastic. It's also kind of a a harder read. It's not exactly sexy or exciting. Um, I think a lot of things in our are kind of sexy and exciting, especially now knowing that, like, the thing about um, who's that like flash sale site that's talked about in Lean Startup? Um, Groupon. He talks about Groupon being kind of a lean startup, and it's funny now looking back at it, knowing what we know about Groupon and the CEO. Um, so anyway, check it out. So moving on, let's go into our next one because I got to speed these up. So uh, Made Woman Magazine is another one. They're episode twenty-two. They're so much fun. Those. There's two founders. They're both young female entrepreneurs, and they're both from USC. And so they've really leveraged their USC connections uh, to build this online magazine. And it's fantastic. It's been going two years strong, sending big congratulations out to the Made Woman magazine because they're actually partying tonight right now, uh, celebrating their second year anniversary an anniversary with a DJ, with friends, and all sorts of fun stuff. So make sure you guys tweet out to them. But they talked about how to get a, a blog network started. So let's find out what their best advice is for getting started.
2: Google everything.
5: Google
0: everything. That's a great point. (laughs) Lindsay
7: and I had to teach ourselves so much. I mean, from the technical side of just developing a website to, you know, how to um, get your content out there, how to do social media. So definitely teach yourself you know, everything you need to know. You don't have to wait for someone to teach you. Um, But also definitely define yourself and, you know, find what makes you different and will help you stand out. The Internet is a very big place. You know, you can't, if you want to go out there and just write about cooking for the sake of cooking, that's great. But if you want to be, you know, an entrepreneur and make money off of it, you definitely have to find your unique selling point and really focus and hone in on that. So that would a good tip. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Very good tip. And Lindsay, do you have any advice that you want to leave people with?
2: um i would say to seek out mentors or seek out people who have been there and that can you know give you some advice from you know so that you don't always have to make the mistake yourself (laughs) Um, and so that you can you know someone who's been there and has gone through some of these things It, it might be a little bit tougher sometimes um in new arenas you know this is Online magazines are relatively you know new consider you know compared to other businesses in the world, but you know the people are out there and um, just try to find people who have some knowledge that they can impart in you and you know carry on the cycle. mentorship is important both ways, so um, that would be my main thing
0: so my f- My favorite point from them was. <laughs> This the first one. Google everything. I really feel like not enough of us do that. I just saw an article out recently that like skittered across my Twitter was um, Twitter feed was that uh, anyone can be a technologist is what it said, and uh, you just have to Google it. And that's so, so true. So the next one is about, um, in the same sense, creating content. So if you're writing a blog, whether it's for your business, that your business is your blog, or if a blog is marketing your business, Derek Halpern, I mean, how could we do this and not include him, right? He's fantastic. I just watched him on Behind the Brand uh, with Brian Elliott. If you guys haven't watched it, make sure that you check it out. And he says this, uh, Derek Halpern, what we're about to watch, in every interview I've ever seen. I've watched his interviews probably like 10 times now, and I still don't do what he says. So tonight is our call to action to do what Derek Halpern says. It's silly. You need to do it. Yeah.
8: So you want to write great content, but what I'm more saying is not only do you want to write great content, you want to create great content, but you want to take that content and then promote that content. And to really just put this into specifics so people understand. Mm
9: Mm-hmm.
8: I wrote an article a couple of months ago, like on socialtriggers.com, I often show people how to build email marketing campaigns and that type of thing. So I had an article that was about email marketing and customer loyalty. That was the main topic, something that my readers love, email marketing, customer loyalty. Here's what I did. I started the article off with a simple sentence. The other day, I walked into a local spa, and then I realized something. Small businesses know nothing about email marketing. The point was is to start with that sentence about the local spa and then talk about email marketing for the whole article, that little connection in the beginning. Then what did I do? I found massage business tips communities, communities that are out there with thousands of people from massage therapists that are showing massage therapists how to build their business. There's magazines, everything. So I wrote that article, took that article and then started pitching that article. To these massage business communities. They shared that article on social media. They liked it. They shared it on their Facebook page. I was talking with the editor-in-chief of one of the largest massage magazines. They're potentially trying to get me to write an article for their their magazine. And uh, all because I took the article that I wrote and then took the time to take that article and then pitch it to people. Most people create the article, press publish, and sit back and pray traffic is gonna come to their website that they're gonna find customers what I do is I create the article press publish then the real work starts then I start finding communities of people that will like that and I try to pitch them on the importance of featuring that to their people
0: alright so with that in mind we're talking about getting people to find out more about us right so they're getting to our website how do we make sure that we get the ideal client Michelle Moore knows a few things about that. Michelle Moore, photographer.
6: And I know that I have said this a lot of, in a lot of interviews that I have done and online a lot, It is the biggest thing is putting out the work that you want to get. And so whether it's on your blog or your Facebook page or your portfolio is placing work that you enjoy doing so that more clients that like that kind of work are attracted to hiring you and wanting to get a similar sort of aesthetic. And so um, I think that a lot of the clients are attracted to what I'm putting out there because that's what I like to do. And therefore it just, you know, it builds on each other. Um, And the Coco and Kelly shoot was, really, really fun and I really enjoyed working with Cassandra and it she is someone that I have been trying to reach out to for almost two years. So it took that long for me to finally work with her. Um wow. and so I think that is a really important thing that I also wanted to touch on, especially for people wondering um how do you get those clients? And it's um you know it's a lot of persistence and you know for every like a hundred emails you send out, you might get a hit from one person. Like, you know, it's just constantly reaching out to the people that you want to work with as well. And, and that's how that transpired. So sort of both of those things working together. And, um, I, I rarely get in emails anymore about clients that are not what I do because I don't put out work that I don't do. So I don't get like an inquiry for a wedding because I don't shoot them. If I do, I'll refer it to somebody that, you know, I know and trust. Um, and so that's kind of how I go from there. <laughs> So to add on to that point, I've heard a couple
0: people talk about this. So we're talking about getting clients now at this point of the YFE Chat Live. And if you're just joining this live now, the show is all about um, past, past remarks by past guests that are inspiring or actionable. And so Michelle's point in the idea that you put the work out there that you wanna get, um, I think that it's important to point out that maybe you haven't gotten to that point where you are attracting the right kind of clients. But we're not saying necessarily that you shouldn't be getting paid for what you're putting out there. But I've heard a couple really um, prominent entrepreneurs right now that have, you know, huge agencies that at the very beginning they put out work that was. Fantastic, right? The work that they're doing now that they're charging thousands for. But they started charging a small amount for. And they the the client expected much less for that project. But they put out the work that they wanted to attract. And so I think that's an excellent point to remember whether or not you do it or not or what your opinions are on it. Um can be whatever, just something I thought I should mention. Um, I thought it was a great idea. So moving on, still talking about getting getting clients, attracting people. One of my favorite people is Nancy of The Networking Diary. She wrote this fantastic book that talked about networking principles. And one of them was about networking is everywhere. So we asked her about that point, and this is what she had to say.
9: The seventh principle is that networking is absolutely everywhere I mean when you're in a plane when you're in a buffet line I mean I tell you I was in Chicago once and I landed one of the biggest clients for my boss just because I turned around and asked and during the buffet line and asked him what he was doing there and we connected find out why he was there so I took that person brought into my boss and they signed a contract so networking is everywhere but in this particular book at the end of 2010, I was missing Chicago, and it got really cold in Raleigh, so I bundled up, and I and I had a networking breakfast, my first one. I was really excited to go walk across the street because I'm green, and I was bundled up, and I wanted this, <laughs> and I was feeling like I was back in Chicago, so I walked across the street, and yes, there was heavy traffic. It was nine o'clock in the morning, but the light was rad, and I. You know, kind of meandered through and um, out of nowhere, and I kid you not, looked left and right twice. I was clipped by an SUV on the shoulder. So I was there nine o'clock in the morning, face down. And ironically, I had a black bear in my hand and it fell on it, so that saved my wrist from breaking. And I had a rim in my hat, so it saved my face because I had those tooth chips before, and I was like oh, checking my teeth. <laughs> And mind you, I was getting ready to compete in this Corporate America pageant. I was like, I do need my teeth for this pageant. So anyhow, I got up, and all I could think about, I mean, this is December. You know how salons are in December. This is your biggest money-making month of the year. You cannot not work. I mean, you just have to be there. So I stood up, and I was making sure my arm was still working, and then I walked across the street, and I was in so much pain And someone said, I don't think she speaks English because I was in so much shock. I went back to my store to call my client to, for that morning. I said, I cannot take you today. I oh had an accident. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. And I've always, through pageantry and through a lot of the things I've been through in my life, I've, I've always had a lot of composure. And this is when I really had composure. Then I grabbed a stack of business cards because Duke Medical Hospital is across the street. So if I'm going to go into the hospital, there might be an opportunity to network. So. <laughs> oh so I was there and we were talking I was talking to the nurses. I was shaking like a leaf and um they told me I had a broken collarbone and I was like, Oh, that's great, you know, I'm across the street, a baby need a haircut <laughs> and I, I know this like extreme networking but the point is that whether you're on a bus or just anywhere, I mean, at really, a four year old's birthday party, you just don't know. I mean, there's some way somehow that you can build a relationship with somebody and help somebody connect them to something that they might find useful. But that's just the final example and it's, it's worked. I mean, you just never know. And, and another quick last example is last weekend I just judged the Miss Charlotte USA pageant and the winner, Kristen Cooper, her, her mother had passed away from breast cancer in December and two other, her family members have passed away from the same thing. So, I connected her name to the Lotus Foundation here in Raleigh and turns out that she's going to be one of the spokesmodels for this breast cancer awareness organization. And the president is, does not even know yet because I talked to one of the board members. The president is on the cruise right now. So when she comes back, she's going to find out all these things that we've been up to. <laughs> so you just you just never know. I mean, Networking is everywhere, but you just have to be aware.
0: All right, so I love stories like that. They feel a little crazy, right, if you're not an entrepreneur, but if you're an entrepreneur, it feels really inspiring. So whether you're in the hospital, in the grocery store line, whatever it is, you're making, you're building relationships, making connections, and talking about your startup. I really like that. So uh, we're going to move on to the next one, which is if you're a product-based business. And I wanted to make sure that we put something in here about that, and this is from Wild Square. Uh, Nut squirrel butter. People, <laughs> I get their name wrong all the time, but it's wild squirrel nut butter, and it's from Shark Tank, right? So if you watch them on Shark Tank, you know how inspiring they are. They are college students that are that created this product, and then they need to get distributed. So they talked about the process of how they actually got into stores.
10: Yeah, so that was definitely a challenge for us, especially since we didn't have any experience in the space. And the biggest thing for us was just doing a lot of taste testing. And I think that's where the farmer's market model is super helpful because you can test your product and give it out to a bunch of people and sell it for really little investment. So we can make 30 jars and go to a farmer's market with it without having to create, like now if we wanted to launch a new product, it would be many thousands of dollars to launch it in all of our stores. So starting small and just sampling to a lot of people was really helpful. And that way you also make a lot of connections because that's where where we met, you know, buyers for stores. We We're able to set up a meeting with a buyer for one of our local most popular chains called New Seasons, and just kind of through those connections, you're able to get meetings with important people, because ultimately in the consumer goods industry and grocery, it's just all about who you know, just like a lot of other industries. So the best way is just to network as much as possible.
6: And the the thing, the way that we got into the first stores, that we were in the New Seasons market in Portland, they have 12 stores, and we just sent out an email to the, to the CEO just, you know, for the heck of it. say, you know what, we are really yeah. confident with what we're doing. We love our product. Let's see what she has to say. So we've just been, you know, confident from the get go. And I, that's really carried us, uh, the, you know, this far. And I would encourage other people if you have a good product and you're confident about it, just
10: yeah, be, be unorthodox, email the CEO, don't submit on the website yeah. on their contact form. Exactly.
6: You'll never hear back <laughs> and you won't, you won't, you know, Email the CEO. Walk into the back of grocery stores with your product. Just like Keely said, get people to try it. Just you have to, you know, make yourself known and, um, you know, do things that other people aren't doing. So I really liked that uh, that piece because it
0: combined what Vasavi was saying and then also um, a little bit about what uh, the previous piece was saying with Nancy and that you're just going out of your way. You're doing what others won't do in order to be successful. And I think it's Allie Brown and a lot of her old podcasts that I used to listen to said that the successful 1% are successful 1%ers because they do things differently than other people do. So what can you do that someone else might not do? Like going to the back of a grocery store going after the CEO and saying, my product's really good, carry it. I think that's a great example of it. So on that note, um, let's say that you're a business owner and you're getting successful because you're doing bold things. You are maybe into business a couple years and you need help, but you can't necessarily hire out that help just yet. Uh, A lot of us are turning to interns, and we had the intern queen on. She was one of our first ones. She actually got caught in traffic, and so she was on the phone with us doing um, YFE Chat Live, and she talked to us about how she uses interns, because I know right now interns are kind of questionable as whether or not what you can let them do, how much you can work them, and whether or not it's beneficial for both parties. So let's hear from Lauren.
7: Well, okay, so I'll answer that in two parts. First of all, when, when I'm hiring for interns, I definitely look for passion. I definitely look for people that know my brand. If someone brings up something that I just put on my website that day, I always look for that and that's very impressive. I always ask people what part of my business they're the most interested in. This also tells me if they've done their homework. So I look for students that are passionate but also take themselves seriously. For me to have a super fan working for me doesn't make a lot of sense. So it's really important that it's a balance between someone who's passionate about the company and who's done their homework and also someone who brings a lot to the table in terms of uh, previous experience and organization. Now, with internqueen.com, I usually bring on four interns each semester. Now, keep in mind, this is an unpaid internship. So each of these students is only interning 12 to 15 hours per week. I cap it at 15 hours because it is an unpaid internship, and I want these students to be able to go to their jobs, um, go to school, do whatever they need to do to make ends meet. And I, I consider myself reliable, uh, responsible for giving them a very beneficial experience that's going to stick with them for the rest of their lives. So um, at my company, it's a virtual virtual internship. I work from a home office. I'm on the road all the time. It doesn't make sense for me to have an office in Los Angeles. So my interns can literally be anywhere in the country. I, of course, make the schedules in terms of Pacific Standard Time. But I have them call in every morning at the beginning of their shift. We do a conference call. We go over social media stats. We go. I have them look up um, press hits for the company and keep track of you know any time we're mentioned in the press. Um, we'll go over just anything that's happened that day. Any interesting conversations about interns that they've seen. I have them sort of monitoring the social networks for any conversation about. Uh, interns, internships, uh, people seeking their first jobs. And then it's a variety of tasks. They do everything from, I, you know, I have them pitch a lot of college media. So they'll pitch school newspapers to cover uh, my brand, my website, my book. They'll c- pitch um, campus newspapers, campus blogs. They'll do a lot of research. I'm a big to-do list person. I always have lists of things that I'd <laughs> like to do if there were more time. Um, I'm trying to think what else i do have them do scheduling when i had my first job out of college one of the things that i was terrible at was scheduling because i was never trained on how to be detail oriented so i make sure that all of my interns are extremely detail oriented i teach them to be intense follow-up machines um i find that interns often don't know how to follow through when they first start at your company So it's really important to teach them how you can't let the ball drop on things. And if people don't get back to them, that means you follow up again and you follow up again. So teaching them how to be uh, detail-oriented and how to follow up properly has been um, a big uh, learning curve.
0: So we have just a couple more, so don't lose me yet, because they're our best ones. Um, Not to say that the the previous ones were not great, but they're ones that I feel like will that will close everything with a nice little tight book kind of a thing. Uh, So Lauren, um, we'll have to have her on again. At the Stacey Harris, I saw you on chat for a second saying something about um, which episode it was. That was episode 11. So yeah, it was totally old school YFE TV. Um, Make sure that you can check out that whole episode at youtube.com forward slash YF entrepreneur. Make sure that you subscribe, like, and comment, of course. And um, yes, we'll have to have her back on because there's been a lot happening with interns since that episode. Um, but so now, we're closing things up. We've got three more, and one of them is from Elizabeth Saunders. She was from episode 10. And now this is kind of going off the, our very beginning, our first Lisa Nicole Bell posts, our, um, replay. She was talking about our thoughts becoming things, becoming actions, that type of a thing. Well, Elizabeth actually talks about time management and how our thoughts are hurting our time management. So let's hear from her.
11: So basically... When there's some kind of stimuli in our environment, so when something happens, like let's say you're approaching a project or you're going to a networking event or you're trying to land a sale, whenever you have some kind of something in your life that's a stimulus that happens, it triggers in your mind a thought. And then whatever thought you have triggers an emotion and your emotion triggers an action. And so what happens is a lot of times when people are trying to work on behavioral change, like so, for instance, maybe they say, you know, for me to be aligned with my priorities and my goals, I need to stop working by six o'clock so I can have time to exercise, to spend time with people I care about and get enough sleep. So that could be kind of the surface level thing that you're telling yourself and kind of your action is like, I want to leave work at six. However, if you have the underlying harmful thought of I must make everyone happy or if I don't get all of my work done to perfection, I'm a loser and I'm a failure or I'm completely responsible for the success of everything. And if I don't do everything I can to be in control, everything's going to fail. If those kind of thoughts happen when you're approaching the end of the day, What that does, those harmful thoughts trigger the emotion of fear and of anxiety and of stress. And then that creates the action of typically staying late because you are feeling this very strong emotion. And although you say on the surface that you want to leave work at six because you feel so strongly inside yourself that your worth and your value is related to how hard you're working and executing, to leave at six is to violate your sense of self and your sense of worth. So instead we wanna have helpful thought patterns. So the kind of thought patterns that we can choose to have instead and we can practice as a more helpful response when we are approaching the end of the day could be something like, I'm gonna do the best I can during the day to wrap up, to be productive, to really execute on my goals. If I don't get everything done, it's okay, and I can still go home, and it will be there tomorrow. Or tell yourself something like, you know, I planned to get all these things done, some unexpected things happened, or something took longer, but that was outside of my control, so I can ask for more time, and it's okay. I don't have to be perfect. And when you tell yourself those kind of thoughts instead of the harmful ones, that creates emotions of peace, of security, of control, and then that frees you to take the action of leaving work at six o'clock. So our thoughts are really the initial thing that can drive our emotions and our actions. So we do need to think about our actions. It's not just our thoughts. It's not just happy thinking, but by kind of realizing what's the underlying trigger and natural response, we can make taking the right actions much, much easier.
9: Okay. So,
0: the last two ones are the nice closers, right? So, Aurel Moody, who is, um, I forget what his tagline is, but it's something about like America's favorite speaker. And it's because he is, he's very inspirational. His story is fantastic, and what he does for, for young people is inspiring. And so, he also does some work with um, uh, entrepreneurs, apart from just his regular speaking gigs. And one of the things he is doing is impact. Impact uh, with Washington, D.C., and it awards uh, the top young entrepreneurs in the U.S. And so we had this infographic up on the TV that was talking about how many men versus women were part of this. And it was just the little ladies' ankles that were filled. So we were asking him, Why? Why are there so few young women that are being honored or that are at that point in entrepreneurship that they can stand up and say, We've made millions, we've employed a lot of people, that type of a thing? And this is what he had to say.
12: You know, um, I think that is the million-dollar question. Um, We actually get it. We get it tons of times. I won't lie. When we have an extreme entrepreneurship tour event, we work on a college campus, and we have the panel portion. It's a one-hour Q and A session, and we have our keynote speakers, and we have uh, local entrepreneurs. And we always tell the hosts, you know, we want to find a great mix of people. And nine to eight times out of ten, our panel is all male. Um, Eight to nine times out of ten. It's all bail. And we invariably always get a question, excuse me, why are there no females up here? And I think the answer is, one, either they're not being found and, um, you know, why great sites like yours, young female entrepreneurs exist, is because they need to be found. And I think the other reason is that um, female entrepreneurs, they're just... They're really starting, it's their renaissance right now. Um, I think for a long time, when you thought of an entrepreneur, even students now, they think of a a 60-year-old white Caucasian male in a suit, in a boardroom, in Wall Street, that's what they think entrepreneurship is. So if that's what your mindset is of something, it's not going to be a profession that you necessarily see as a viable career path. But then when you start seeing people like yourself, you start seeing people like your guests, like Lisa Nicole Bell and all the other people that you bring on your show, the paradigm shifts and then it becomes Maybe this is something I can do. And that moment, I mean, to me, that moment of this is something I can do is the most crucial moment in someone's self-discovery moment. Because if you don't have it, it doesn't matter how talented you are. If you don't think it's possible, it's not going to happen. So we need shows like yours. We need websites like yours that showcase it to change the paradigm.
0: So, before we go to the very last one, I want to send out a huge thank you to At The Stacy Harris, who is one of my favorite wifey. She's always on Twitter at At The Stacy Harris. The girl never sleeps. She's tweeting for us right now at At Wife Entrepreneur, and she's got a big Facebook uh, product coming out if you want to learn more about using Facebook for your business. So make sure you check out hitthemikemarketing.com. Um, now, our last one is a big one. It's close to my heart because I've followed her since I became an entrepreneur back in 2007 when she was like um uh bleach blonde kind of a little tacky website but just so inspiring and i went to her shine event in las vegas in 2009 with my mom who's my business partner and um uh, so we had her on the show, which was like my big dream come true type of when you talk about entrepreneurs who for celebrities. It's Allie Brown. And uh, At The Sweaty Betty's interviewed her, and I thought she was a fantastic uh, mix because At The Sweaty Betty's has actually taken her Elevate program, and she loves her, and it's done wonders for her business. And um, Allie Brown was talking kind of about in the same lines of Aurel Moody, and I want her... To close out our, our thoughts from this about female entrepreneurship and at the very end, pay close attention to what she says at the very end.
13: You well, know, all I can say is, well, for a long time I will share, you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted a family. I was I was figuring out who I was. You know, my twenties were about just trying things and figuring out what I liked. My thirties were about figuring out what I really wanted and who I was and, and my own personal power. And then and then, you know, it all came together. And so I think the biggest the biggest realization I've had and my smart friends have told me this is that you're just going to rely on your intuition just like you've done everything else. So stop listening to all the advice and reading all the books and getting obsessed and just know that, you know, your body knows what to do. You're going to know what to do. And for me, this is the best time to have for this to happen because I built this company that has the systems and a great team that I don't have to be here all the time. So I'm going to be able to enjoy time off. I'm going to be able to really cherish, you know, having these babies and being a mom. And I know it's going to be life changing, but you'll still see me online. Don't worry. I'm going to still be hanging in there and sharing, you know, a lot of this with you. Not not too personal, but, yeah. but sharing a lot with everybody. Um, because one of the we need to remi- remember that, like for the first time in recorded history, this is the time, this is the generation, us, that women can do this, that we can still run a business, grow a business while having a family, while honoring our values, while working the hours we want, while being at home. It's never happened before, and that's what's transforming the gender equity so much. And yeah. it's, it's, I want you all to really take this in, because if you're on the younger side, you don't realize that just a few decades ago, this was not possible, even look at this right now. Look what we're doing tonight all over the world. And it's just an incredible time for women. So please do not take this for granted.
0: I have to say about that episode I've, with Ovali we work with a lot of large um, brands doing these managed live webcasting. And I was really delighted. About her, because if you're a fan of her, you kind of think, "Oh, what's she like in real life?" Well, her people are so nice and so welcoming. That was un- totally unscripted. She didn't have to approve the questions or anything. It was it was really her. She stood up halfway through and showed us her baby belly, and it was just she was just so sweet and just very giving of her time and of her advice. And so, if you're wondering if she really is as cool as you think she is, she is. <laughs> Um, so Allie Brown, uh, I loved the part where she said, uh, "You know, she was talking about really appreciate this moment that we're in, appreciate what we've been given compared to what our moms might have been in." Like I talk about it often with my mom; she's my business partner. And when when we were kids, the same age that my son was, she couldn't she could either pick going to work or being a stay-at-home mom. Otherwise, she was going to have to commute a couple hours and it was just going to be really hard. And I know a lot of moms did that, but she just chose not to do it. And now you're at a point with entrepreneurship with online, you can really kind of build your life in the way that you want it to more so um now than ever really. So we should be very grateful, very appreciative and really go after what we want because um, now's a perfect time to do it. So, anyway, I hope this night inspired you. I hope, you know, I'm very grateful for everyone that showed up live, or that if you're watching it now on YouTube, or iTunes, or a media partner or on our blog. i um, very grateful that you made it through the entire episode with me because I know this is one of our longer ones. We don't generally do an entire hour, we do 30 minutes. So, hopefully, you'll show up in August. We've got a, a lot of really great guests and um, fitness experts at Building Experts, all sorts of fun stuff. So um, make sure that you subscribe over at youtube.com forward slash YF Entrepreneur. Like, comment, and share because that's what helps our network grow. Um, and then also on iTunes, make sure that you subscribe and leave a comment, rate it, because again, that's how our network grows and how we can do more cool things for young female entrepreneurs, feature more young female entrepreneurs. Um, my name's Jennifer Dono. You've been watching YFE Chat Live, part of youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com. I hope to see you back here on a Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern.